stories out of time and space i'm your regular host scott weatherly and as always i'm joined by julian darius and today julian and i are going to go go head to head we're traversing an island in the middle of nowhere who will survive the battle royale that's what we're covering yeah well my bag had the uh had the machine gun in it uh because yeah. i'm an american so of course it would. <laughs> being british uh i got a teapot um <laughs> and i'm and i'm i'm quite happy with that um Yes, we are covering 2000's uh, Battle Royale, um, the story of a class of students that are selected and taken to a uh, a deserted island and put to test, I suppose, into a game of survival. There are, uh, I think it's like 30 or 40 of them, and um, they have three or so. They have as many days as possible to survive. I think in this version, there's low 40s. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the post. It's 42 on the poster, it says. Um, mm. And they have mm-hmm. several days to survive, and only one can be standing at the end of the game. If there are more, they have these collars on that will be activated, and they'll all be killed. All of this coming from the Battle Royale Act, uh, initiated by the government. For what purpose? I'm slightly unsure. But, uh, yeah, let's get into this then, Battle Royale. So, Julian... What are your initial thoughts on Battle Royale? Um, it takes a little bit to get going. Uh, but, you know, it's a little punchy, you know, to start a little sort of tooting its own horn. You know, it mm. wants to kind of explain. I have read the novel. I have read the entire, like, 14-volume manga of this. I am a big Battle Royale fan. Um, and I am amazed you know, we, we may disagree on this, but I am amazed how well this movie works from start to finish. Um, I'm astounded by how deep and meaningful it is. Um, you know, I think it, um, it blows me away, so to speak. And it, what I'm amazed by is like, it doesn't hold itself in its memory that way. Like, and it's, I mean, I think it's so easy to dismiss as like, you know, I mean, because this has been imitated so much. I mean, mm. I love Squid Game. You know, we've all seen the Hunger Games that, you know, she said that that was not influenced by this. But yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> this this is its own genre now, right? Yes. Like, and it is a, it is the Battle Royale genre. This mm-hmm. started its own subgenre. And, you know, that is well, a true... Tr- what? This started well, I mean, it, but we already covered The Running Man, which... Individuals yeah, throwing into an arena to find stuff. But you're right. This yeah, is this true. is what that's this true. Is... There are precedents. But, but this... this is like the solidification into yes. its own genre thing. And and you can easily see how you could take this movie and just go like, I mean, there was that Young Blood series, you know, that uh was doing this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take this and, and adapt it into anything, and 
you know, you're like, I get to watch 42 young uh, Japanese characters die creatively. Like, that's awesome. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I can come up with creative ways to kill them. Like, like, it writes itself. And I think it has written itself and appealed to writers so much that, you know, um, you just see so much potential here. I think the reason that this, you, you're right, and we'll I'll get to a bit of an overview thought on this, but I think you're right because for two reasons. One of the things that this does is it limits the locations because it's very contained. It's on an island, and so you go, cool, we can do this wherever we want on this island. We haven't got to worry about sets. It works on that way. As you say, you can be creative because then you can go off and do all kinds of different things. Um, in order to, before I watched this, actually, this is quite interesting. I was, I thought the same. I was like, we watched The Running Man, which I do think mm. precede, obviously, does precede this. And the film is, is, the film is closer to this idea and concept than the book is. The book is very, very different. Um, but I went and watched some of the things that this inspired. Mm. So mm -hmm. I did. I went and watched the whole franchise of the Hunger Games, all four films. Um, I started with one and thought, well, they're on Prime. I should probably watch all of them. Um, I'm, you know, glad I've done it. Never going to do it again. It's fine. <laughs> um, I also watched one called The Condemned, which stars Stone Cold Steve Austin, which came out in 20, 2005, which is a bunch of um, criminals on death row are all put onto an island and do the same thing. Um, it's got Vinnie Jones in and, and um, mm. Danny Trejo and a few others. So, it's you know, it's got those typical things. It's quite good fun. So coming into this, I was like, okay, this, as you said, this is the solidification. This is the film that sort of instigated this idea of isolation and this other stuff. And we've had many since. I really struggled with this film. Hmm. Not because the idea, and I think, but and, and in many cases, not because the, the... The thing I struggled with is, is twofold. Um, I don't think... Where and I'm not. I don't. I don't want to praise um, the Hunger Games overly, um, because I think those films are a bit of a mess in and of themselves. Um, clearly, take a lot from this. But one of the things I'm curious in this film is this film doesn't seem to have a history, its own history set up for itself. <clears throat> like the kids in the film don't seem to know about battle royale mm. as a thing. So mm -hmm. what's the point of this? That there's no rumor of kids going missing or being punished. Um, the timeline's weird. So the, the film opens with some kid cutting the back of the teacher's leg, who becomes sort of the leader of the program, as they call it. And at the end, it's mentioned that that was two years before the, yeah. the, the events in the on, on the island. I think that's clear from early on. Yeah, I, I, got, I sort of got that. And I'm like, okay, so that's a weird time frame to be setting that up. And then, you, but, you, but I think that like the the Hunger Games Act, right? And I don't think that this is that meaningful. But hmm. I mean, the Hunger Games Act would have preceded him being attacked and cut by that student. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's called right. the, the Battle Royale Act sort of existed, but the kids don't seem to know right. about this because the film starts hmm. with them having a a victor. And it's one of my favorite scenes. Hmm. Is there's a girl come off and she's like, "Here's the victor of this program," and the press are all there, and she's sort of like. It's this young girl covered in blood and all sort of stuff, and she grins at the camera, and they're like, "She's smiling," and it's like, "Oh my god!" And I'm thinking, "Oh, is this going to explore this killing of how this little girl become was forced to become a psychopath or was forced into some traumatic event?" Never mentioned again, so I'm fine with that. It's a past event to sort of frame it, but the press mm -hmm. are there, so how is the kids not know about this? 
Yeah. And then, and then you get two former winners being introduced into the into the or survivors being introduced. Mm-hmm. And it all seems a bit like so if the kids don't know about it, how does the act the the, the Battle Royale act as a a piece of legislation? No, I mean it, it's, all of this is kind of kind of stupid. Is I mean, it in the novel? You know, is, is it covered in the novel or the manga? Like yes. I assume so, yeah, so I assumed, in it, those, was, I assumed it was. It yeah. is in those it is pretty clear that everybody knows about this. And there might be some time where some kid goes like, oh, oh yeah, you know, they kind of explain it, but it's clear that it's being explained for the audience, right? It's not really like, golly gee, I don't remember these Jedis no more, you know? Um, it, it, instead, it, it's much more like, yeah, there's some kid who's unclear or they're presenting it for the audience to make, you know, to make clear um, yeah. how they have the legal authority to do this. But I think, you know, and I think similar to uh, Running Man, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, no. I mean, you know, like, there's no, you know, for me, it, it doesn't really matter. I think that this movie makes, this adaptation makes a mistake in trying to give too much explanation for that. And because it front loads that, mm. It, you know, I was worried about exactly this, that because it front loads that, you might think, oh, this is important. a fuller picture. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, the, what's going to happen is going to be an outgrowth of these things you set up. No, I mean, it, you know, it's like when we did, uh, was it Outland? You know, mm-hmm. like, no, there's no coherent, really, worldview. Yeah. There's just a mining asteroid, right? A mining planet. I mean, that's all you need to know. Um that's true because I agree. Once it kicks off, like once the kids are on the once they're in that the classroom, mm. and the teacher's there, and it's sort of like the soldiers are there, and he's explaining mm. it, and he sort of gives the demonstration of what the collars do and stuff. Like it kicks off with a bang, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like this is off. Okay, they're going, and then and then yeah. they're forced to run off. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm down with this," and it, it sort of goes from there, and everything from that point works pretty well mm-hmm. the the and, and some of the visuals in this are great like there's some really good ideas for visuals however there are also some shockingly bad shot scenes to the extent where i'm like how is it they've 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 they have a cinematographer that's picked this scene by the ocean that's got this setup and this lighting and it's framed the characters in this way and it's great to having this utter garbage of people rolling around in a hedge, which I could shoot in my back garden, <laughs> that it looks awful. And it's so it's so sort of bizarre. Um, and that is also topped off again by some of the cast, where there's some of the cast that I'm going, you're good, mm-hmm. you're natural, I'm, I'm sort of digging what you're doing, to others that are just, again, dreadful. Like some of the, the young, the child actors or the teen actors in this, and I believe I think this is actually more of a Japanese cultural thing from an acting perspective. It sometimes feels a little bit stage performance. Do you know what I mean? It's very sort mm-hmm. of like big and hand movements and sort of like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, ah, and it's very jerky and it's some like of the, the manga, you know, the anime, anime and... kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. so there are scenes. I'll give you an example mm. of of it. So, um. Just to go to weave through it, there's a scene in which um, Nanahara has been has been rescued, and he's all banged up, and it's that sort of like the kitchen. The, the girl's like, "I'm so glad you're saved. We're about to have lunch." And I'm just like, and she's giggling, and I'm like, mm. 
you're an awful actress. Like, you are terrible. And then she goes into that room of girls, and that whole scene with those girls that having the lunch, and the girl with the poison is, is, I stopped it at the end, and I was just like, I can't believe how bad some of that that Mm. was framed and set up and acted. Like she jumps on the table and they shoot it, and then all of a sudden she just sort of like just jumps to Mm. fall down and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, there are a couple shots like that, Yeah. yeah, especially with the bullets. You're right, where you're like. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. And so that, it, it looks like, oh, that that's some splash paint, and you know, the it's not so much the, is like, yes. no, you just got shot, you know, and and they did just get shot, but yeah, it wasn't as fatal as it should have been, or you know, from that close, and yeah, there are issues with that, and it just feels messy in that sense to then have a scene at the end when you have, um, the two survivors, the former survivors, the psychopath in the black in the sort of dark school uniform and then the guy who survived who was sort of taking revenge for Kikio or whatever one of them's blinded and he's got like blood put you know coming from his eyes with the yeah, machine gun. The yeah. but but however because it's all got the fire behind it and he's got the machine gun I'm actually digging that more because I am going like oh you've gone <laughs> this feels like an anime you've got the flames mm. and he's blind and he's all I'm like, cool, you've gone all out. You've gone the full John Woo here. Like, I'm expecting doves to fly past and shit. Like, I'm fine with that. But then I'm like, so why have you done this here? But then somewhere else it feels, again, so stilted and so weird. And it's, it, it, I don't know, it just felt inconsistent for me. No, I think that's true. I mean, I, I'm less bothered by those things. Um, you know, I know that this is you know a japanese film that is doesn't have a hollywood budget you know and i'm amazed by what it is able to do there are shots that are amazing Mm -hmm. you know where it's Mm -hmm. like you blew your your money here um i'm more bothered by like there are a few just terrible day for night shots i am always irritated (laughs) by day for night when it does not look right where it looks like oh you, you just put a blue tint on things yeah um I'm really irritated by that for some reason, but you know, and I, and I'm also bothered by, by shots of like people on cliffs where they're clearly not in the scene or something, or where somebody jumps and then, you know, you just cut and show that the bodies or something, that kind of thing bothers me more than like the example that you're citing of uh, in the lighthouse, the the gunplay. Um, Although I do notice it, it does irritate me. But but I think that scene works so well for me. Like I like I'm probably tearing up at the end of that, and that's probably one of like fifteen times where I'm like deeply moved by it that by this movie. That for me it's like, yeah, okay, there's a sketchiness, there's an Ed Wood quality to some of the shots in there. But I get what you're doing and the message you're conveying is fucking devastating. I agree with that. I agree with that. That the the, the way um, one of the things that hits home for me, and so I was sat watching it, and one of the things that kept coming through is like these are kids, hmm. and in, in often the case, so you know, to make a comparison to say the Hunger Games, the the Katniss Everdeen supposed to be like fifteen, sixteen years old when that first film takes place. You know, Jennifer Lawrence could be I don't know what the hell she is when she was playing it, but like she's clearly not sixteen. And the film also forgets that she's a teenager. So when you have all the sort of the love interest stuff and they're trying to look, it feels like a bunch of 20-year-olds talking about it. And you're going Mm -hmm. like, yeah. This film feels like 
mid-teens, you know, having crushes, mixed emotions mm. about each other and the, the petty sort of uh, jealousies and, and all that sort of stuff. Oh, all that sort of like hit home when they're like, you get two of the girls mm. together and they're like, oh, I think, you know, one's like, you're a bitch and you took my boyfriend away and all this other stuff. And like, they're about to kill each other. I'm like, yeah, no, this this could happen in a in a playground <laughs> or behind the bike sheds in any school at any time, like this argument. So all that kind of works. And so when they do end up, when it has those um, bursts of violence, mm. and there's a couple in particular that really stand out, that they are shocking, not because of the level of violence, um, which I think, you know, we've almost become a little bit, like, you know, we often think of ourselves as being um, accustomed to that kind of thing, also sort of like numb to that level of violence, as, you know, we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we get to like, you know, Tokyo Gore Police, I'm pretty sure it'll be, violence can be seen as almost like a comedy effect, Mm-hmm. But there are two scenes in this that really sort of like made me sort of stop. One of them is the the girl in the yellow tracksuit. She's training, and and then mm. the lad with the the bow, uh, the crossbow comes, and he's sort of like, "No, you're gonna be mine," all this other stuff. Mm. And she's like, "No," but she even stops, and she's like, "Oh my god, are we having this conversation?" Like, you know. And when she attacks him, like she doesn't just attack him; she attacks his crotch, like. Repeatedly. Oh no! Yeah, there's multiple stab wounds <laughs> yeah. to to the dick and balls, right? Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, "Oh, like this film is, you know, really sort of, you know, this this idea of being stalker and creepy and all sort of stuff." Like she's going like, "No, I've had enough." And this is like, if, mm. if I'm going to take you out, this is how it's going to happen. And there's a couple of scenes like that where I'm just like, "Oh wow, that's that's really powerful." It's not a, a woman, or it's not a girl just attacking a boy and it being. You know, for 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 the, for the shock of the violence, you're adding context as to why that violence is shocking. Yeah, no, I agree, and you know, and you can see it in multiple ways. I mean, obviously, that's a you know a, a retaliation for this kind of creepy stalking behavior, right? But she's and, told him several times to basically to yeah. leave her alone. Yeah, I mean, and this movie is 23 years old at this point, mm. and we're still having these conversations. Yeah. You know, and here, 23 years ago, is a is a high school girl in Japan, no less, mm. more conservative about this stuff th- than us. Um, that you know has had enough, and in the context of do what you want on this island, you know, um, decides she and and having already been cut, is like, oh no, game's on, you know, f you and your dick. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I think you know you do get a bit of that, and so. I do like some of that. And I feel the budget in some of these things, going back to that scene of all the girls being hidden away and having lunch and all that kind of stuff, sort of. I don't think that scene works barely at all. But the girl who has got the poison, and mm-hmm. when that all goes wrong mm-hmm. and stuff, like that bit is, yeah. you know, it feels almost like Tarantino esque, where they all start it to. They well, Tarantino to... praises movie. Oh, I'm sure know, he does. I'm sure he yeah, does. I mean, it does feel very Tarantino. That thing of like they all turn on each other all of a sudden, and mm. you can't. Tra- the paranoia um, of it is is the bit that works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's good. Well, I think that's that's the point of the scene. And, and yes. you know, for me, I leave that scene, and you know, it's like okay, yeah, there's a lot of gunplay for a small amount of wounds, and those wounds <laughs> are clearly dashes of paint. Um, but 
everyone's dead and the sort of like Tarantino-esque quality of that, of like everyone's dead. The guy who's in prison just saw, you know, that they just saw them, um, you know, his love interest. Uh, she's dead. They're all dead. They did this thing of trusting each other and trying to, you know, have this little utopian kind of community there that didn't play the game. And they're all dead. And all because this one person couldn't trust. There are these lines like, you know, we were so stupid, you know, where I think, yeah, I mean, this is humanity, right? This is, um, we're not good at trusting and we fuck shit up because yeah. we just couldn't follow through. It is prisoner's dilemma, right? Like this is a million times better than the ending of Batman Begins with the prisoner's dilemma on the ships, right? That doesn't mm. work at all. You know, where it's like, but there it's like everybody trusts each other and they really work it out, right? No, that's not reality. Yes. Here you see in like three minutes a a much better version of that. Um, and you say like, uh, none of that works. I, I don't disagree with you about most of that criticism, but I would say like the other thing to notice is like that is like a three minute segment. That could have been like in a in like Inglorious Bastards, like a twenty five minute, yeah. you know, uh, amazing sequence. But this is like a three minute segment in a movie that is like so fast paced. It kills like forty two people, all of whom have like their own story and their own creative thing that means something else, you know. Um, that, so I mean, that's... it's so fast. In fact, that's one of my potential objections. That's one of the things I'll say is mm. making those comparisons to some of these others. Uh, these are the films and stuff I watched. Even if you to take a similar film to, like, let's say, Reservoir Dogs, which I think would be, a, you know, a, a suitable comparison, is that limitation of characters that sort of bringing the numbers down. Even in like the Hunger Games, they sort of like, you know, right? There's t there's twelve districts, two people from each district. That's twenty four people, but we're only going to focus on these. And within the first five minutes of the games. 10 of them have been killed and you don't need to worry about them. Here's the ones to worry about, or here's the ones to follow. And the same with like the condemned I watched with stone uh, with Steve Austin's like, here's 10 people. And two of those get killed off in the first two minutes of fighting. So you've only got eight and then you can follow those mm -hmm. when this starts. Like, and again, I, I hold my hands up to say, I mean, I watched this, I watched the subtitled version because, and this, I'm trying to sort of, because I was in Japanese, so I'm I'm watching the subtitles and I'm reading the subtitles, and some of this is very fast. So there had to be there were a couple of scenes mm -hmm. I had to sort of quickly flat back and follow, to follow the subtitles. They're all wearing the same school uniform to begin with, okay. so a lot of the lad and the lads have all got very similar haircuts and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to follow the names, and there's so many of them that after a while I was just like. I'm going to wait till most of them are dead and then I'm going to start following. Like, <laughs> figure out who to care about. Yeah, figure, yeah exactly. Like, yes. who? And that's what, so at the end, when yeah, I'm like, that's true. oh, I'm following um, Nanahara and uh, Nakagawa, I'm like, oh, them two. I've got it. Right, cool. Forget yeah. everybody else. No, 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 just, no. This, is, just true. this is true. In the manga and, and, and the book, if I recall correctly, there are even more people, right. there are even more characters. And you know, I know I have the same issue. Um, you know, some are more memorable than others. Yeah. But then I'll like even confuse those sometimes where I'll be like, what I'll I mean, I have face blindness, but also like we're white. And, you know, I live in Hawaii, you know, mm -hmm. but still, you know, um, you know, there is the the we don't want to be the white guys going like, 
but they all look alike, right? I mean, that's what we're just yeah, going but, around. But if I was to say, but, but if you were to say this with a bunch of white people, all in the same uniform, oh, with, yeah. dark, with black hair, I'd have exactly the same problem. Yeah, I would exactly no, I the same know. problem. This is, but, this but is a problem the in boy bands. Like, oh, that's the cheerleader character. Yeah, exactly. Except they've got three cheerleaders, because it's yes. a, you know, or cheerleading squad, you know, because it's a whole class. I mean, yeah, so I, I'll remember, like, oh, that's the sensitive outsider. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, reading the manga you know, where I would read it as it came out in U.S. translation. Um, and I would be like, oh, that's that sensitive kid. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. There are two of those. And we're following <laughs> both of them. Um, so, no, I mean, that's true. But also the flip side of it is that it lets you get more deaths. And it yeah. lets you tell more stories. So telling more stories is a problem because it's hard to keep them separate. But it also lets you kill a lot of characters and tell a lot of different stories. And that is... To me, like, I want them to have more, more, not less. Like, mm. you know, I do think this is clogged at two hours. This needs to be, you know, like an HBO limited series. Yeah. Um, but, um, which I would adore, but, you know, with that kind of budget. But, um, you know, I do love the giant cast and being able to just kill these characters. You know, I mean, there's so many times where, you know, A, that's entertaining. Right. Let's be honest. It's entertaining. Um, there's a shot in Freud of uh, killing, you know, high school kids who are still young and in their prime. You know, um, that's part of why Romeo and Juliet is tragic. Is mm -hmm. They're young and they have their whole lives ahead of them. Um, I mean, this is prime entertainment stuff. But also their stories matter to me uh, somehow. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I like the big cast. I like what they're able to do with these just killing a character where it manages to still be shocking, even though there are 30 people left. It's yeah. It's less, it's less successful for me mm -hmm. where I am. I'm like, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, I struggle to follow some of the stories. I, I learn not to care about some. So I'm waiting for the more impactful scenes yeah. where like the scenes are almost like a vignette within themselves where I'm going to get the information to tell me why the death is important. Mm -hmm. and, and there are several that are very, very good at doing that. Um, and they do differentiate a couple of characters. I said they sort of, they give you the girl in, in the yellow tracksuit. There's another girl that ditches her school uniform and wears uh, like some denim shorts and a t-shirt and say, oh, okay. So when she comes about, I recognize her. There's a few things like that where I'm like, okay, you feel like you're important because they've made you stand out a little bit more. So I'm going to follow you. Doesn't always pay off. <laughs> Doesn't always mean a great deal. Um, but yeah, it, it's fine following the kids. And some of the deaths are good. You know, um, there is that thing of, because there are so many stories and they're like, um, there's those kids in the warehouse that have got the generator and the you know he's got his mm. laptop up and running and they hack into the system and he's got the he's making bombs and all this other stuff. Yeah, you know, they straight up have a plan. So, so I was yeah. going to bring them up vis-a-vis -vis what you were talking about. That like this is a group of characters who straight up have a plan to attack and take out the adults and the military people yeah. who are running this battle royale. It is a good plan. Yeah, And it, it's the reason why I don't mind really the hacking stuff, right? Because I always hate that stuff when that's thrown in, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't mind it because it's like, oh, these are those characters, right? In any Hollywood movie, those guys win. 
and that's the end of the movie, right? The Steven Spielberg version of this is oh yeah, those they, are the, they guys, are the main right? characters. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And they're and they're set up to be some of the main characters. They're, when they're ready, everything's working. When they're ready to attack, and you can see how Tarantino would like this because he does some of the same stuff. I mean, it just pulls the narrative rug out from underneath you. The every, the characters who are set up to be the main characters are brutally cut down yeah. uh, and just murdered in front of you. Um, and it for me, it does that over and over and over again um, in a way that I really did. And I think it's more realistic. You know, I mean, you. Mm. You have a sense that one of the things I most hate about combat and stuff in movies is the sort of like Jason Bourne thing of like, well, this guy was always going to win no matter what. No, no, no. Real reality is I don't know what weapons are going to be around me. Luck has as much to do with it. If I hadn't slipped, I wouldn't have died, you know, and the best person in the world can still slip. I mean, that kind of thing. And this captures that sense. Oh, yeah. One of the things I do agree that one of the things that's interesting about this is there is no hero narrative. Like, there is no... You get characters that are presented, as you say, the multiple suspects, you know, are set up to be the hero or the, the, the you know... And as I say, they're cut down, and you're never entirely sure. Even, like, the... the uh, What's his name? Kawada? The guy that sort of the, has, has been an, a previous survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, even he, they repeatedly sort of give you different aspects of his narrative that you're like, is he or is he not a good guy? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like the fact that they keep you, you are kept guessing, which was part, but that was also part of my problem because, as you know, I like a nice narrative. I like things to be a bit more, a bit neat. I like the bit where they do kill off all the sort of the hacker people. However, that, that stuff's then never come back to and never used feels a bit like, Oh, oh shit! I invested in that, and then you've just thrown it away. So I almost feel like I like the the point of doing it, but the fact it never gets utilized anyway feels like a waste. Where I'm just like, oh well, no. it almost tells you one of the things I think that you know, it almost tells you not to invest in people in this game in this thing. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, so I oh, don't yeah. don't invest in anybody because they could all die, and I'm like, all right, I Good. won't. <laughs> Good, I like that. Um. You know, but I, mean, I need that. All, I need that for 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 something to cling to. Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, first of all, like I like that. Like it's, I, I I would say like you don't see the system being rebooted. Actually, you just mm-hmm. see it back up. That to me is a flaw. But I like that that plant came to nothing. Mm. Now, I mean, you can imagine a scenario in which that's why they're able to take the collars off at the end. Um, and I do think there's so much that's lost for time here. Mm-hmm. You know, you constantly feel like, oh, yeah, there's a scene of them rebooting. There's a scene of them figuring out those colors in, in a flashback once it's revealed. There's stuff like that that just, this is already over two hours, you know. Um, and it's like a, just a roller coaster ride for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like full pedal to the metal for two hours. I mean, forget, like, seriously, like, Fury Road is like yeah. a slow crawl on a Disney, you know, kids to line. Uh, and this is the roller coaster. Um, but I mean, I like that. I know what you're saying. Like, I do have trouble with the, that compression. But mm. I also sort of feel that, like, you know, if I I feel like with most movies, why should I care about any of these characters? And I see, like, you know, here I get a 
30 second flashback and I'm like, oh, he was bullied. That really sucks. Right. I care a little bit about him in a Hollywood movie. I would get, you know, a 12 minute flashback. And after minute one, I would say, I get what you're doing. He was bullied and I'm supposed to care about him. Shut the hell up and get on with your stupid movie because it's, it's a yeah, dumb movie. But, it, but it's not that. And this is the thing where you get over, when you get an abundance of cash, you need flashbacks. I would rather have some of these relationships set up mm-hmm. before the, the action starts. Do you know what I mean? Like you need that, mm-hmm. that piece before it all starts so you can go, you know, this is this person. And as you said, like, and again, I think I have been spoiled by Western um, tropes and archetype characters. As you've said, like, this is the jock. This is the nerd. <laughs> this is the cheerleader. Like, the, I, All that is there to the extent that we've even parodied, parodied it in films like Cabin in the Woods. Um, <laughs> and this film doesn't give you that. And and so I, I appreciate that to an extent. I do I like that as a as an alternative. But I get to the end, and you know you end you you do end up with uh, Nanahara and Nakagawa, and I'm a bit like, all right, all right, yeah. and I'm and, and and so, you know, it, I mean, I like that. I I mean, first of all, I agree that it's hard balancing like those flashbacks, right? Yeah. And, and who those characters are. In fact, that's one of the things that I think never worked about the manga um, and to a lesser extent the novel. I think that works better here. Mm. Um, you know, I would get to a flashback session. I'd be like, oh my God, I just like get on to teenagers murdering each other, right? Like, but I mean, like that's the that's the meat, right? Mm-hmm. That's dangled for me that I go for, right? And, I, and I'm and i like, okay, but then I will wind up caring about the characters and how they, in their deaths, um, I will care about them and I will care about what it means, right? The fact that like, you know, so, so for me, the flashbacks actually work better here because they're so short, but I know what you're saying. Like the characters are disposable, you know, like it's hard to really invest. That's true. The fact that like you don't really know who are the main characters, uh, I mean, there are a few you know, like those exchange students are going to be important, right? Yeah. You know, um, there's certain things, but that isn't that reality, right? Like you know, if you if you dropped a bunch of contestants, you don't really know who are the main guys, and that's you know, I watched yeah. a Japanese game show recently that's Run for the Money, where they all run around and yeah. the guys intercept them. And it's a big hit in Japan. And Netflix has done their version of it. Um, it's a spin-off in Japan. <laughs> um, but, you know, and it's crazy. And it and it, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you're caught by one of these runners. You're eliminated. And you don't know who to root for, right? Mm. And, you know, you see this character. They are introduced. Like, you spend time with them. They're like, I really need this money. You know, it's for my dying mom. And then they're eliminated, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that happens. I, I get that, and I do like that. And, and I said I like the, to the to an extent, I like the randomness. Mm. Um, but I, I think in a way, this film wants to have its cake and eat it, in that sense, because you do you get you you either get the randomness and and no one lives, in which case, you know, the system wins. I mean, that's what this should be, shouldn't it? Is the system wins? This shouldn't be. This isn't the Hunger Games where it inspires a revolt and and they all you know it brings the system down. This should be just more of a 
there should be. I don't. I like the ending where the teacher gets done in and stuff, but like it should be less of a mm. a big issue. Um, and so you want that randomness of almost like like a red like a like a Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction where it's, it doesn't end up well. Um, and you can maintain that random randomness then, and that's fine. Or. And I'm thinking about like you know, Nanahara in particular. You get more about you know he sees his father's suicide, and you get more about that mm. and all this other stuff. Or you dig into that where you're like, him winning is important, mm. and so him seeing this as being as you know as, as surviving is him going for it, and him sort of going off that decision or something like you know. Otherwise, that seeing that his dad's committing suicide, his dad's suicide repeatedly. I'm a bit like, all right, again, like I get it, but like mm. it, it never sort of like it doesn't inspire the act that I think it feels like it should do. I know it ends up him protecting people in the end, but it, I don't know. It just feels a bit. They want to have that randomness, but they also want to introduce that heartstring, heart tugging kind of thing at times. And I'm like, okay, we choose one or the other. Um, well, I, I would disagree. I mean, I think that the like the heart tugging stuff. The key thing is that it's kept to a minimum, right? Mm. Like I, you know, I mean, like I know somebody who who found his mother hung. Um, you know, I mean, like I, you know, see the shit, and I just, you know, I think about my friend, and I, you know, I know how that affects somebody lifelong. And yeah, it's just like a kind of shorthand. I mean, that's the thing about this movie is that because, for better or worse, because of its runtime that gets maybe, you know, 15 seconds and then it gets mm. repeated for five and five here. And so it gets repeated, but, and it becomes kind of a shorthand for that guy's trauma. And, you know, and then this idea of like, you can do it, you know, like what did this dying message mean? Um, there's a kind of mysticism to that, that I don't like, but yeah. um, because it's such shorthand, like I'm not spending 10 minutes in this, flashback where i'm supposed to care about like what food he ate and the last conversation that he had with you know so and so and and all these details that i just can't stand i just can't stand i mean that's all the stuff that like we've talked about like disaster movies you know like just fast forward it for 30 minutes get Mm -hmm. to the earthquake you know um i don't care about the characters and this movie like knows that I don't care about the characters and was made for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the thing. I think, yeah, and I, and I can see that what you're saying. Um, but I think I need, yeah, I need more. And so, so when I am given it, I'm a little bit like, no, you know, like fuck you. You don't. You're not trying to try to do one <laughs> thing and the other. I'll, t- I'll you know, I don't. I don't... Like, no, you've denied me an emotional yeah, is yes, over yeah. and over and over. You don't get to tug at my heartstrings now. That's buddy. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get sort of like I go to that <laughs> high school place of like, no, screw you. Get petulant about it. Um, mm. But yeah, so I see what you're saying, and because there are some bits I do like, and I'll go back to that randomness. Um, some of the killings, I like the fact that like you know an accident early on where he gets the axe buried in his head becomes that sort of like mm. you know comes back as a, as a as a thing later on um there's the girl with the scythe how she sort of like just, there's just that randomness of some of the deaths and there's several occasions she's really memorable in the manga by the way like oh, she, she is yeah oh no and she like seduces people like i mean she's just like the, the femme noir well, 
well, that's shown, it, or it's it's sort of a, a suggested in this, isn't it? Because like at one point, it cuts to her sort of leaving, and there's these two these two naked kit like guys mm. have been mutilated, like proper butchered, and she's just sort of like skipping away, and you're like, oh, you have done <laughs> a you have done a thing here. Um, so this is what I'm saying. Like, I can see that the manga can be would be a lot more interesting. I can see it could expand. Or I say HBO Max series would be amazing of this to expand that and that violence and and some of that stuff. Um, but some of those characters do stand out, and I I do like some of the randomness of, um, like moments being cut off. Again, like the end, there's that there's a guy who's got the tracker. He's got like the tracker who's his mm. weapon, and he goes, he tracks down that girl, and she shoots him, and he's like. Um, I just wanted to see you. You're so pretty. I've always had, I've always been attracted to. And then you know, I love you. And she's like, "But you never said anything. You never said anything." And then she gets up and just bang, she's shot. And you're just like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my god! No, I mean, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that scene. Um, and that's I one of the ones where it works for me again because it's set up well. I think it's it's photographed really well. It looks good. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that's one of the ones that does work for me. Um. But then it's sort of followed, unfortunately, by another sort of uh, scene of it being a complete botched job where they have like a fight between her and the the crazy one with the machine gun. And it feels like mm. it's bad, badly choreographed. It feels sort of like there's a scene and having been, and this sounds um, mm. a bit inside baseball, this is, it, having been a former, former wrestler and knowing, sort of, just seeing how this sort of, you know, when you choreograph a, a fight, there's a fraction of a second where she has her hand out, like he's done something, and she puts her arm out, and it's like she's waiting for him to take it for the next bit. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, oh, that that looks messy. Bad. You could yeah. have edit, you could have edited around that sort of thing. And there's a bit of that, and then she's one of those ones, as you said, like she gets shot like multiple times. And gets up and gets mm. up and gets up. And I'm like, yeah. you've literally just had a scene where you've shot someone twice in the chest and they die. And now you're getting shot like seven times and getting up repeatedly. It's like, ugh, that, that sort of thing yeah. bothers me a bit. But, but I mean, there's more of that in like supposedly realistic movies like the Jason Bourne movies. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, every, every, you know, Arnie and, you know, uh, um, you know, I mean, these movies are filled with characters who get shot. And then, you know, I mean, Bruce Willis and Die Hard. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'll give the first one a pass. But I mean, I see that and object to that. I, I do object to that here. But again, because of the time, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you got shot 10 seconds ago and it's low budget. And, and like, nah, they could have communicated better that you were still alive. But you get up 15 seconds later, you know, like. I'm on to the next thing. I, I think mean, it's yeah, I but I think it's the where it's ten minutes later in a Hollywood movie, and yeah, that's I agree with that. Yeah, I think again it, it comes to the it's the consistency of doing these things, but also like I think part of it is the performance that goes with it. And mm. as you said, I think sometimes it's so rushed. It, it's the end of this film is another like the teacher guy. Let's give you an example. Like they shoot him and all this other stuff. And then he his phone goes off, and he gets up mm. to talk to his daughter for for one last time. And it's played almost like a parody, like almost like a comedy. Like it's funny, like it's a comedy moment where he it's stands. A Tarantino up. little scene, yeah, yeah. But like, but he's he's almost um, the way he gets up and he walks over mm. to the sofa. 
in sort of like you know in in wrestling terms, it's it's a it's a no sell. Like he gets up and just walks over. Like mm-hmm. at no point is he limp and anything else. And then he, then he sits and dies. And it's funny, and I like it that he's sort of like because obviously they've had to wake him up a few times to answer the call. So I like that it's sort of it's a callback to stuff that's happened in the film. And the kids are all just sat there looking at him like, "What? What are you doing? Like, we don't." How is this guy alive? Yeah, like, <laughs> what is what yeah. is happening right now? Mm-hmm. But again, it's the performance doesn't always sort of fit what's happening, um, and that's sort of mm-hmm. like what bothers me. And again, but I think it's that thing of the like performance you, of the kids' reactions or of the of the teacher. The teacher, that point, the way he just sort of sits up oh, and like stands up. I like the teacher yeah. in the rest of the film. I think he's great. If a little, no, I know what you're saying. But, yeah. And so there's that thing of inconsistency in performance or in direction given for those sequences, um, which is which is yeah. Which I mean, of, I assume he's I in shock work. and mm. he's in a weird, you know, that he's dying. But yeah, you know, right? He should still have some physical sign that he's injured. But yeah. I mean, it's funnier that he doesn't. I guess I I don't know. I mean, yeah. But to me, it's like you know that scene works for me. I think it's, you know, I love the teacher. Um, mm. Oh, he's you know, I love the whole arc of him. Um, I mean, you know, this whole being stabbed in school, it's this vicious attack. And, you know, I mean, this is this whole other layer of like, the kids are out of control and, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, I know I have friends who are public school teachers who deal with kids who are, you know, stoned and threatened them and, you know, mouth off and, and and whatnot and you know i don't know i mean Let's, there's a lot in here thematically let, oh no there is i mean you know because I mean, it's interesting because this is a bit of a i don't know a corporal punishment wet dream isn't it because the liberal teacher that they mm. have is shot and killed at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. um and it, so it's down to sort of punishment time and i understand i mean the guy had a knife he had a knife run over the back of his leg i mean you know it's yeah. not it's pretty severe uh, explain to me one thing though about the teacher let's talk about the teacher not sure that i can what the hell is his relationship with nakagawa uh i think they've had a, a sexual relationship or some sort of inappropriate relationship right because that's what i sort of took but i was like i don't get am, am i missing something because she no. dreams about him and they're sharing ice cream and it's all very nice he appears to have painted a picture of her with everybody else dying, but her in the middle, not. And he wants her to survive, and he intervenes and saves her at one point. Yes, he gives her the umbrella and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I was a bit confused by his his relationship with her. Um, and again, I was wondering if is it is it more explicit in the manga or the the novel or anything? Yeah, I think so, but I I don't remember you know, mm. all that while, um, you know, I think that, you know, one thing that I like about this and, and, and don't like, I mean, like I, I've said, like, I think it's best attribute and worst attribute of this runtime. Right. Yeah. And like, that is an intriguing story. It's, uh, potentially troubling in the era of me too, you know, but I think it's troubling um, pre me too as well, to be honest. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it wasn't supposed to not be troubling in this movie, yeah. right? You know, it's not like it's presented as, you know, a fun perk of the job or something, mm. you know. Um, you know, he's not a great guy. And, you know, this is part of he's also not even running the thing right because, you know, he's biased and he's intervening to save this person who 
he's playing favorites. Mm. Um, you know, when you're selecting zones to go become no-go areas, you know, that makes a big difference. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I one of the things I like the most about this movie is the way it uses shorthand for mm. these characters' past like that. And we've talked about that with some other characters with suicide, um, you know, the kid's father. Um, and here, you know, I mean, this would be a very different movie if that were explained. Um, okay, so, yeah, that's what I take. Okay, no, that's fine. I didn't know if I was misreading it because I was. I was like, there's clearly mm. something here. There's there's a Because even in the beginning of the film, like she ends up with the knife and hides it from him. When the, when the kid sort of cuts the back of his mm-hmm. leg. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, they've got a pass, but I don't know what it is. And it sort of suggests he's attracted to her, but then she has to dream about him. So I was like, oh, there's something here. Am I am I reading into this something that's not there? So I'm glad you've said the same thing as me, because I was like, there's clearly something there. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Okay. But he's good. I like him. He's a fun character, like in the sense of like, Again, it's that thing in the film, and I'm probably not supposed to ask these questions, but it's funny how like a, a teacher seems to be running a mil- <laughs> a military unit, and they all seem they all report mm. to him. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but but it, it works. I mean, yeah, you know, it works. And I think I think you know. I mean, and he's one of the standout actors. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, and I and I think a lot of those shorthands, you know, there's also. I mean, the one with the scythe has, you know, the flashback to basically like her, her mother is a prostitute, mm. um, and probably, and a drunk, and she winds up killing one of the Johns, push, pushing him down the stairs. Totally realistic thing that could happen. Mm. Um, and, you know, and you're like, right, you know, this is a sort of hard scrabble past, right? You could see how that would encourage somebody to become a sociopath. Um you know, there's also the, you know, a, a girl who's trapped in a bathroom stall, you know, as she's bullied. So this plays into so many, you know, not just trauma of, you know, your parents dying and are the kids out of control. But also, you know, uh, also, you know, the callousness of society mm. and some would say Japanese society in particular. Well, that that's actually a good question, because one of the things... You know, we've covered off satire in the past, in particular, sort of, let's say, you know, Starship Troopers, and that's obviously a satire of of Western militarization, in particular, sort of American, but you could sort of lobby it at many other countries as well. This feels obviously this feels like a satire of an element of uh, Japanese culture. Now, I don't, I will admit, I'm not hugely. Um, educated on, on Japanese culture. I've watched manga and, and so I've watched anime, read some manga, but I don't know the whole ins and outs of their politics and all this other stuff. This thing of the kids in particular, this idea of the whole thing in particular, the Battle Royale Act and this whole thing of fear of the fear of youth and their running amok or them being out of control. Mm-hmm. This feels like it's making a statement about, so, especially you know, it's obviously I don't know which came first, the film, the book, or the the manga. The um, novel came first. Oh, the novel came first. It very much feels like this is making a statement about some element of Japanese culture, and I wonder about its impact and its influence and and um, that sort of thing. I mean, I don't know if you, from reading the mm-hmm. others, does it have 
I'm just, I'm just curious because it feels very much like he's making a statement about, and I don't know anything about kids, you know, Japanese kids' culture other than a little bit of gaming and, and sort of that anime and manga stuff, really. But it feels like it should be important to know something like that. So I feel like I'm missing part of the point of this film by not knowing an element of that culture. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, I would say that, like, over and over again, when, I mean, I know that the, the novel took, um, is a sort of fascist state. Um, but I know that over, over and over again, when especially, um, you know, Japanese and to, to a lesser degree, Asian stuff that is seen as exploitative. I think this is true in the West too. Mm. Um, you find out, Oh, it couldn't be anything, but right. Um, like, you know, this was written to express, uh, you know, a deep frustration with things. Mm. Um, I mean, Japan is a very conformist traditionalist society um, and is to this day. Um, and at the same time, there are, you know, concerns. I mean, I'm not an expert, but at the same time, there are concerns about, you know, like, has Japan gone too far? You know, like there's a, there's a whole thing going on right now of, you know, older women divorcing husbands and the fact that like, you know, these these women in their in their 70s are like, you know, I can take half his money. He's always been a dick to me. Like, well, we've raised our kids. They're out of the house. Like, why would I want to spend my final years with this person that has shocked, you know, Japan, mm. where it's like men are going to have to you're going to have to behave better because you don't want to die alone. Um, but I mean, other people would say, oh, you know, this is, you know, these women should shut up and and be wives. You know, um, you know, that the family structure and traditional Japanese society depends on it. Um, so, I mean, and then, you know, that is more of an acceptable attitude, you know, um, there than here. So I think that um, there there is constantly a tension in Japan between the past and tradition and, you know, a sense of things being out of control, you mm. know. And I think that's probably been true for, I mean, it was true, you know, before the emperor. I mean, it was true, you know, before the emperor was, you know, styled as a Western style dictator, you know, uh, leading up to World War II. I mean, the white ships, and you know, the Dutch, I mean, the world was changing really fast then, too. Yeah. Um, and people cried, the, the sky is falling. Because I mean, that's what this feels like. That, that, that phrase there, the sky is falling, this feels like a, a reactionary. Um, step mm. to something that in that sort of like the sky is falling because the kids are revolting or the kids are out of, out of control. Um, and that non conformist is something I'm, I am aware of because I mean, there are very odd, I'm, I'm just, odd is not the word. I, all cultures have their oddities, all cultures have their, um, you know, uh, eccentricities, let's say. And you're right, and there's this very sort of like conformist nature of, of Japanese culture, but it's also it can be considered very misogynist, can't it? It's very sort of male centric, um, and there is that sort of girlification of women to sort of be, you know. And I felt that with this because I find the school uniforms are, you know, the met the the boys wear suits for all intents and purposes. Like it's a, it's a tan trousers and blazers and shit and tight like it's a very for 
but the girls have got like the, the skirts of, of, of that pleated skirt with frilly skirts underneath and all this other stuff. It feels very, um, you can tell, I don't know, not sexualized, but there's almost like a very sort of different standard for the for the boys and the girls. Um, and well, it's so, almost like Star Trek. The short skirts, exactly. You know, it's exactly that. Yeah. But I mean, like those are kind of the uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are mm-hmm. the uniforms of Japan. They're the uniforms in Korea. You know, at least as of a few years ago. I mean, there I, there are schools down the block where you know, if the school's letting out and you're on the bus, when the school's letting out, the school's flooded with people yeah. in those same uniforms. Yeah, today. yeah. So it's it's an interesting sort of thing of of you know that that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the point I'm making, but it feels like I'm missing something from the culture. Do you know what I mean? Like my education of, if I was be- if I was better educated on Japanese culture and sort of social history, I think I would be able to take more from this film than I do. Okay, I I don't know that that's true. I mean, I think that those differences there are differences. There are things that don't bother me. You know, mm-hmm. in Japanese performances, uh, because of the way that Japanese culture and Japanese people in, in general, obviously, there's a huge generalization, um, can be and are taught to be indirect, right, as part of that, you know, conformity, um, you know, part of that politeness, even under unbelievable circumstances, um, that has an effect of sort of me pardoning a lot of Japanese performances in, in Japanese film um, in ways that pro- maybe a Japanese person wouldn't. Mm. Um, so I worry about that. Um, but I think like, you know, the, I don't know if you, like one of my favorite films is uh, the original uh, Old Boy. Uh, mm. It's Korean. And, you know, this has some of that same quality of like the trauma of high school yeah um and that's sort of cauldron of high school and now now the thing is same is true here um you know people are bullied you know the difference is like starship troopers as as good as it is starship troopers is a parody of uh high school movies like it's, it's a parody of 90210 right um of those tropes this is more a uh you know a satirizing the actual pain and suffering of high school right like it's mm. less it, there are tropes right there are the you know the slut quote unquote and, and things like this but i mean um those when i see those images i feel something in a way that like when i see the the high school elements of starship troopers now they're older actors i think i'm watching you know, I'm watching something that's carefully staged to represent other movies. Yeah. Um, you know, and here it's a lot more emotionally affecting for me. Um, and there is something about sort of being haunted by our school days that comes up in Old Boy and in this, you know, including that haunting picture at the end. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I would say that thing, you know, this. I mean, this did make me think of secondary school or high school like that as i said there's some of those relationships that that you know the unspoken and, and uh, you know feelings or the 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 jealousies mm. and the conflicts and all that sort of thing yeah all that like i said resonated with me and i do think there is some of those sort of little outbursts 
really sort of do hit home. Um, and I do think that's sort of where it becomes, like you say, quite haunting um, and sort of carries a weight that when it does, that's what I'm saying, those bursts of violence, as I say, sort of carry weight for me because I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, you know, there were those people that I know for a fact if they took my class from 1996 and dropped us on an island, yeah, there'd be people, <laughs> there'd, there'd be people that would be coming for my for my chubby white ass very very quickly that just did not like me. I'm, and I've often thought about this. Going, you know, I've thought back in my days, and I'm very as you get older, you get more comfortable. I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with that. There are people that don't like me. Like you know, you can't please everybody. There are people that are going to dislike what you do, and so on and so forth. Fine. But I remember being in secondary school and people just not liking me and like me going like, I've no idea what I've done or mm. why like I've barely crossed paths with these people. But for some reason, like I've become like a sore point for them. and I don't know why. And so there was parts of this film in a similar way where you're like, yeah, I can get, I, I get why there are certain, um, relationships that you would be like, no, I'm not, I'm not teaming with you. I, mm, you know, mm-hmm. this may be life and death, but I hate you to such a degree mm-hmm. that I would rather put my life at risk than team up with you, like than trust you. Um, And, you know, as a teenager, you sort of have those heightened, uh, you know, hormone infused emotions that will think you, you know, you don't make the best decisions. Um, as a, you know, when you're older and a bit more an adult, you probably would be a bit more willing to make. So, no, I, I agree with that. That there's a rawness to this that I think is important. So, I, yeah. uh, I want I want to go back to this this high school thing, but I want to make a related to differences between Japanese and and American or British society. Mm. Um, you know, one thing I do think that conformity is different, right? Um, I have had friends who, you know, have taught in Japan, um, and seen the way, you know, the students, I mean, the irony is like, this is a movie about kids out of control today. The students all stop class and clean the classroom. Like that is something that happens in every, like, can you imagine white kids in America or, or Britain being told like, okay, you're not going to be educated for the next 30 minutes. We're all going to pitch together and do what the custodian's doing. Like, you know. Well, that I happened mean, at the World Cup. Did, did you see that? Did you see the stories no. that came out of the World Cup? So, out of Qatar, like Japan did pretty well in the last World Cup. Hmm. And whenever the Japanese fans turn, you know, finish at the stadium, so you'd see all these like European or South American mm. or whatever fans, and they'd basically sort of wreck the place and everyone's covered in flags and litter and all sort of stuff. Absolutely awful, you know, and it's but the Japanese fans literally picked up all their rubbish and tied mm. it up and left with it. And people were like, mm-hmm. That's that's a culture we can yeah. get behind. Like that's that's a superior civilization, frankly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I mean, you know, there are things that I'm proud of as a Westerner. But I mean, come on, you know, I mean, white people are dirty and we are rude, and we mm. are trained to be dirty and rude. Uh, you know. And if I'm in a restaurant and I'm like, can't those people quiet it down? Don't they know there are other people around? Guess what? <laughs> They're usually white. You know, I mean, you know, there's stuff I'm proud of, whatever. There are differences, but obviously individual variety. There are loud Japanese people and quiet mm. people. Okay. But no, I, I, yes, that's very true. 
I mean, uh, about uh, cleaning up, just like, you know, you know, I mean, just seeing people litter, just seeing, you know, the cat, like, yeah, I want this. You're at a restaurant. You're not this person's boss. And, and mm -hmm. you're and they're the worst abused secretary ever. Like, this isn't your opportunity for class vengeance because you're at Applebee's. OK, you know, and who yeah. does that? OK, that's not a Japanese thing. Now, now it can <laughs> happen. Right. But I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, yeah. uh, that happening in an Applebee's. I mean, so and, and so there is this kind of like conformity and hours where you're allowed to eat this or that in public and, you know, things like this. But strike us to, to my mm. mentality. It's like, my God. Um, OK, you know, but then there are these things that I think are universal. And I think this sort of like high school as a social cauldron of, you know, who's screwing who and and the cruelty of kids to each other is absolute and every mm. country thinks that it's unique to them and has their own peculiarities so like japan a while back there was maybe 15 years ago there, there was a sort of a, a series of articles and concerns that uh high school teenage girls were going out and prostituting themselves to older men in order to afford um you know, the new technology and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and all the new. So it was like this kind of like, have we gone too far with capitalism, with the new technology and, you know, how expensive it is, you know, and then that played into also like, do we have this declining moral state? Are the kids all right? Kind of fear and paranoia. I guarantee you that those rates of, you know, girls prostituting themselves in high school is not significantly higher in Japan than it is where I live, for, you know, but there is a, you know, there is a very Japanese way that that story played out and caught fire at that mm -hmm. moment. It's a very Japanese fear, but actually what's underneath it is universal, right? Yes. Like the kids are not all right there they're too sexy or they're not sexy enough or they're, you know, um, or they're uh, cruel. And I think all kids are cruel, you know, yeah. um, we can try to be nice. There are kids who try to be nice, but I mean, there is this way in which I see battle Royale as like this kind of cauldron in which all of those sort of Lord of the flies, you know, all of those sort of high school things come out yeah, and it reveals your true character in a way that um lord of the flies is a really good touch point for this i hadn't thought about and you saying obviously this is the one that solidified it lord of the flies feels a little bit like a you know like a starting point like if you were to do it if you were to sort of track this backwards in lord of the flies the, the novel and, and the film versions would definitely be a a touch point for this it's kids like you know kids trapped on an island and how they sort of you know, this idea that they return to some sort of like um animalistic state. Like they, you know, is it P uh, the the kid with the glasses, the chubby kid with the glasses, piggy and 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's a really good point of like, you know, kids are cruel. I mean, you know, we, we've covered it before. Um <laughs> it sounds tough, but even uh in um I was thinking about this and we we'll talk about it off air at some point, but like the childhood traumas of Red Dwarf, mm. uh, of both Rimmer and Lister, 
rimmers are all at school. Like that poor side was bullied and ridiculed and ripped and everything. And you think, yeah, that's what it became. Like he became this bag of neuroses because of that that, that thing. And I like that that this this film does have that. I really like that it feels so raw. For example, just to give it to bring it back to this point, is the opening death or the first one you really see is mm. I can't, I'm going to say it's, I can't remember the characters because I was a bit like even at this point I was like I'm not going to try. I'm just going to enjoy it for now. This is the knife but, to the head. No, no, this is the girl with the bow, th- the the arrow through her neck. Oh, you're because because the teacher has already killed a couple people. Yeah, at fair that. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That that's <laughs> yeah. all right. Kid on kid. Let me call it child kid on kid death. Um, yeah, because the kid the that's teacher in the news been, here all the time. That, yeah. that kid on kid violence. Um, but the, uh, the the kid like you see her walk along and she's got this arrow through her throat like through her neck, and you're like, oh my god, is it one of the is it one of the mean kids or one of the cruel kids? No, it's clearly one of the bullied kids. Okay, it's one of the chubby kids. Mm. He's, he's bullied, and he's just—he's just gone like, "I'm going to survive this in whatever way I need to, and I'm going to kill anyone I have to to survive." And it feels like a real reaction of like, he's—but he's not angry. He's not like relishing that of like, "Yes, I'm getting." He's more terrified of just like, "I've got to do what." I, I, it, it was a shock reaction, and so I—I I, again, like straight away, you're like, "Oh, this isn't going to be," you know. Um, the Western film where, <laughs> you know, the Revenge of the Nerds or whatever, like this is going to be, this is going to be messy. Um, so it sort of, it, it, I think it gives you that straight away from the the kid on kid action. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And the other thing I'd point out about that is that I, I think this is more true in the novel and the manga. There's a sense of, um, but you do see it in this, is the sense of uh, strategy. Um, mm. You know, the different characters are pursuing their different survival strategies. Mm. They have different weapons. I mean, you, you do see some traps, you know, in this, uh, you know, to sort of alert a, a character. But um, there's a big it's a big deal in, in the novel and the manga that um, certain people, when they leave, hang around the building to pick off other people as they leave. Right. Right. So like the way you leave that building is really important to your survival. Mm. Um, and that kid is, you know, is doing exactly that. He's, you know, decided to pick off somebody, um, you know, who's leaving and picks on a girl, somebody yeah. who's weaker than him. Yeah. And that's what so I mean. It's passing what I mean. the shit runs downhill, right? Oh, exactly. That, I, I totally feel that like, that's it. He's looking for someone weaker than him to sort of see if he can, or like you said, there's a bottleneck there. They're having to come out of a doorway. So he's got like a, you know, a, a kill zone, if you will. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 this is what I'm saying that this film does strike home. I think this, this is where, and again, you know, the themes of this this film and the way that this film is set up in several ways really works. And I think the sort of, as I said, those sort of like the, those bursts of emotionally sort of supported violence that are shocking, um, and some of the bits really work. However. I still stand by the fact that I think some of the performances and the cinematography, I think maybe it is the budget, but then there are other scenes that I think are shot incredibly well and look fantastic. The inconsistency, I still struggle with this film, and I am standing by the fact that I think, yeah, give this, as I said, what you say, 23 years. All right, maybe give it a couple more years. This film 
would could benefit from a remake. Mm-hmm. And you said about HBO Max. I'd rather they go. To, I'd rather them go like the the Netflix Squid Games route. Mm-hmm. Don't Hollywoodize it. Don't Hollywoodize this. Don't have an American make this. Keep it Japanese. Keep it done by those people or whatever. Just give them eight episodes and a bunch of money to do it, and you can expand on it. And I think it'd be you could do something much more impactful, maybe. Well, and you know, the Squid Game creators acknowledged this as an influence. To oh, yeah, I, I, I can say, I can, um, yeah, I can't see how they could not, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm upset about like you know, like video games like Avengers Arena, Fortnite. I mean, like Fortnite straight up plops you on an island where you're given, you know, you have to hunt down weapons in the environment, and mm-hmm. there's a no go area that is closing in on the center of the island, like. Yeah, that's yeah. this movie, right? Yeah. You know, this, I mean, straight up, and that's what does that make? A billion dollars, you know? I mean, you know. Oh, I am sure there is. I'm sure there is people that have started to watch this, thinking they are going to be watching something mm. akin to to Fortnite, and then be going like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, but you know, you talked about like, I mean, the remake, and I've often thought about it. Is um, it doesn't seem possible. And one of the things, reasons why this was so controversial is because it's 15-year-old actors. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and that's what makes it work in part mm. for me, right? I mean, you're watching 15-year-old kids, you know. I mean, one of the great, the scenes I remember the most is that machine gun ripping through that girl as she's speaking into the microphone, you know. Oh, on the um, hill. Yeah, yeah, Oh, my God. It's just, um, I mean, there's... So, Time and time again, you know, you watch this and, and I am moved by shot after shot, by death after death, by, you know, watching suicides even and just going mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like the Western version of this doesn't have any suicides. you know, no. like, uh, But that's part of why this will never and they've said like this will never get remade. Um, it's because they it's too controversial. This movie has been banned. You know, uh, in multiple countries, uh, it was well, banned in, in Germany in like 2013 or some shit. Like this, this continues to be a controversial movie, and I don't think that I certainly don't want some sanitized, like you're saying, version Hollywood of it. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the um, you're right about being banned. I mean, this wasn't released in the UK in 2000. I think I don't, I don't even think it was released until or about the US. Yeah, I don't think this was released until like 20. 10 those early 2010s um because it being really i remember it being released was a bit of a big deal um there's been like a big special edition that's been released mm-hmm. in the last sort of year or so that's got battle royale and battle royale 2 in it um uh by a a, a, manuf- a distributor over here now and i think once it was released and i think we've moved on i do think it sort of gets that sort of like cult treatment you know of sort of like it still stands up the time I think the other thing that this would suffer from if it were to be a remake, I agree with what you're saying about the sanitized version. I think certain channels or certain you know, production companies would, wouldn't sanitize it. Is it HBO Max mm. or some of the others? Um, however, I think this may suffer the John Carter effect. Um, yes, absolutely. And that's one thing they've talked about, just like post-Hunger Games. The West will think this is a ripoff of Hunger Exactly. And I think that's, you know, we said that about John Carter, that it's, it's such a sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, take of like Star Wars and so many things. 
that yeah, if this was to be re-released, they'd be like, oh, you know, where's Katniss kind of thing? And you'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, Katniss wouldn't survive this shit. Like, she'd be, <laughs> she'd have been torn to pieces. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the problem as well, that there's been so many imitators um, that I do think, yeah, you, if it was to be re-released, you, you almost need it to be taken as the Squid Games is almost... It's descendant, isn't it? Of of mm-hmm. in that way of like, oh, we can't remake Battle Royale, but we can do it with a twist, and so we're going to do it in this way. Um, right, and you know, uh, and Korean, right? Yeah. So like, it's informed by a different cultural milieu, um, you know, which in both cases of that and that and this, I think, are unique to that culture while also being shockingly universal, you know? Mm. I mean, there's nothing in this that I don't find, you know, uh, unintelligible. Um, If anything, like this narrative of like, the kids aren't all right, you know, like they're violent, they're mean. I live in the, I mean, I caught myself saying this earlier, right? And talking about this and it occurred to me, oh shit, right? Like I live in the land of school shootings. Where like the rest of the world says, "Oh, you went to high school in America? Uh, did you ever have a shooting at your school? Because that's the one thing you know you know about high schools in America is literally kids murdering other kids, right? Yeah. Um, like this is a you know a, a national pastime. Battle Royale is like you know, uh, I mean, if you did this in America, it would be like that's a commentary on school shootings. Yeah, I think well. And maybe that is a version that gets done in some way that they, you know, you'd have to have a. You can't Uh, touch that shit, man. It's like shoot and hellblazer, right? Like that, watch that shit gets. You cannot. No. I mean, there was was like a video game somebody made, just like an indie video game where you took the part of a school shooter. Oh, no. Anyone who touches that shit. Well, there was one called. there was one called. You can distribute Postal. the F-16s <clears throat> to kids. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you'll get you know money for it from Republicans. But God forbid you make a video game. There was a video game called Postal, which was very mm. much that in which you played a, a, a disgruntled postal worker that uh, goes on mm. the rampage. So, yeah, I see what you mean in the. <laughs> but again, that's like the cultural hypocrisy, and you know, so many of the Japanese filmmakers that I love the best, the most, you know, like Science Sono and you know. Um, and you know, I love this film. Are movies that are vicious toward mm-hmm. Japanese society that come from a place of contempt or even hatred for this conformity and this repression and this cruelty. And then I think, yeah, part of why I sympathize so much with it is because that's exactly what I feel about here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, our high schools and what we're doing here. So I relate to it very strongly as an American, ironically. Yeah. No, again, we have it here. Like you said, it's universal. Like you know, mm-hmm. we're not um, we're not free of it in the slightest. I think you know. Yes, we don't have the school shootings, but you know, it's 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 a bit of a talking point they go to is knife crime, and we're aware of that. But like, mm-hmm. we don't need knives or guns. Like you know, kids just getting a good old fashioned beating uh, on the school gates or. Even that element of like cyberbullying or straight up bullying that drives kids to suicide and that sort of thing, you know, it's it's a bit of an epidemic over here. That's we've had it where even there are schools in 
there's a school in a relatively well-to-do town near where I live, where a kid did commit suicide eventually because he was bullied to that extent. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a a big deal. So it is a universal, that, that sort of, you refer to it as a melting pot earlier on. Yeah. Social cauldron kind of. Yeah. Like a social cauldron. But I do think that that thing of high school in particular, that, that age is a fascinating thing to sort of like, and I think it's why there's so many films and stuff been made about this this era in people's lives, this high school era, because it's your it's you know, you you're trying to sort of understand who you are. You've sort of like your you know, your hormones are still racing. You're not really sure how to work in the world. You've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders. You know, you're still being told you've got to decide what you've got to be in the future. You've got all these exams to do. Go make money. Go do this. Go do that. It's a tough time being a kid in your teens. And, um, you know, we, we sort of joke about it. But, yeah, if you make it through and you're as, as a well-adjusted and rounded person, well done. Because 99% don't, I think, is the... Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Anyway, I think we are sort of getting to a point of... Uh, I think we've battled it out. and uh... Yeah. I mean, I, you know, as a closing thought, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I love this movie. Uh, I am I think it's a masterpiece. Um, you know, I would go that far. And I think that, um, you know, for me, it's not perfect by any means. I acknowledge there are these, these problems with shots and, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it manages to be, like, salacious and entertaining to such a ridiculous degree like just nine out of ten i'm bored watching you know 500 million dollar movies <laughs> and i'm not bored by you know a minute of this um you know it, it's just such a entertaining idea right mm. and you know i was thinking about like the most dangerous game and you know what it says in terms of like power dynamics uh, of our societies but also speaking to a, a deep desire within us to hunt and to kill and to be hunted and to be killed. Um, and I, I mean, I watch this movie and I think, oh man, I wish I were there. I wish I were playing this game. And I know I'd probably be killed, right? I know like my odds, the odds would be against me, but I want to be there and to be able to make these choices. And perhaps that's why these video games do so well. Um, because they put us there, you know, I mean, and I'm a huge fan of like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, even mm. more so. Um, but, you know, we like vicariously to experience this violence in this entertainment. That's why violent movies are successful. It's not because of anything else. We Violence is entertaining to us. Mm. Uh, and our mammalian brains are entertained by it and want to vicariously experience it. At the well- same time, Go ahead. No, because that's a point. I actually want to expand on that point because you make a really good point there. All of the other film versions I watched of this, mm. it's it's broadcast. And that's part of the mm. point. So in The Condemned um, with, with Steve Austin, it's about it being broadcast on the internet uh, for money and people enjoying the violence and the snuff element of it. 
in the Hunger Games, it's broadcast to all the districts and stuff as a form of control and fear because you're then backing the people from your district, but it's also showing the, the power of the capital. So in many other, as we talked about with uh, The Running Man, it being a form of entertainment, like the point is you are mm-hmm. living to bet and gamble on the survival of these people. Um, It's often a moment, and but I think it's an interesting point of, one of those, it's a cul-de-sac that I think those films can't answer. Especially The Condemned does it, and I think The Running Man sort of struggles with it as well, even though it's a satire. This idea about making a film in which you are saying that people are bad for watching violence on screen, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I, I'm confused by both the messaging and the film that I'm now watching. So They want to present that message just to say, well, this this is awful, this is bad, and we shouldn't watch it. But this one of the interesting things about Battle Royale is it's not being broadcast. Mm. It's not being you say it about being salacious. The film in, in in is is in itself, but the matter that is being dealt on these films, like it's not like the, the death of these kids is being broadcast to a, a Japanese audience back home. So it's not actually trying to make a salacious point about the people. Mm. Yeah, and I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I think that maybe it would be better if it were. But, mm. I, but I I mean, then it, it evokes other stuff. Um, I mean, I, we both like that chopper sequence with the, you know, uh, young, the younger girl who's smiling, covered yes. in blood. And there is kind of like at the end of this, there's some kind of public announcement of who the winner is and exactly how that's handled isn't done super well in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I do think there are movies, one of my favorite movies is Natural Born Killers that indulges in the fun of violence while also mm. criticizing you and the media for indulging in that, um, and acknowledging that. And I think, but I think that whether it's a serial killer movie or, I mean, like there's all this controversy about, you know, the Netflix show Dahmer, right. Of like, mm. is it exploiting Dahmer and like. This was so terrible. There's something about Dahmer that pushes people's buttons. Uh, but we've had a million serial killer things like that. Um, and, you know, people can get triggered or not. But, I mean, this is not a new thing. Um, and so I think this dynamic is really key. I think it's key to entertainment. But we also want, like, a kind of moral catharsis, right? Yeah. We want to be able to say, I wouldn't do that or the good guy won. And I think that Hollywood usually gives us that, right? The good guys escape and they win and they're the all-American boys and girls and yada, yada, yada. Um, this actually does more of that than I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But, um, and as does the novel and the manga. But I think that, you know, where this excels is, uh, especially I think the film, is this kind of like rapid pace where it manages to evoke it manages to be like a nine out of 10 in terms of entertainment. Um, But it also manages to evoke all of these feelings about bullying and violence and, you know, um, the way we treat each other and even, you know, school kids, how society seems fine with this kind of thing. Um, You know, the whole thing about teaching and the meaninglessness of, of his, uh, the teacher's life. Um, and it feels very evocative. It feels, you know, the stupidity of those girls killing each other in the lighthouse, where it's just like, we could trust each other and achieve a better end, but 
we're trapped in this kind of, you know, capitalist, cruel cycle. Maybe it's just in our brains. Um, and all of this feels, you know, I mean, not telling somebody you love them and then and then dying, you know, mm. um, it does feel like it, it touches on all these things and becomes a, more than the sum of its parts. But none of those things are belabored, right? They're not like, oh, okay, here's that theme again, right? Like, mm. uh, so for me, it works on on those levels too. Maybe not as much as it is entertaining, but uh, but pretty close. Okay, no, I see what you're saying, and I, and I, I, do, I do. No, I respect that. I do. I think I, I, you know, as I sat through this film. As I said, there are points where I'm like, this is really good. Like, this is a stand-up moment, whether it be visual or an idea or whatever. And as you, the whole, as in the grand theme of the grand idea, I understand its place in history, as, as in cinema history. And it works. In general, I think it works. Like, I can watch this film. It's just about two hours long or thereabouts. I could watch this film, like I say, just sit back and watch it as entertainment and enjoy the killing. I said before about the, the the use of dye. We said about the use of dye or paint as sort of like blood splatter. That doesn't really bother me in the slightest because it still gives a pretty good uh, depiction of what, what it needs to be. And in some cases, I think the the bursts of violence are done incredibly well and with meaning um, that, that carries weight. And I think when it's those moments, like this, this film is working t- tops. You know, you said about the highs and the lows. Those highs in this film, those those spikes where it sort of go, you go, oh, this film just just hit me, like really hit me. Unfortunately, then it's then got lows where, and I think this is a you know you said about the young actors and stuff. I think it shows where I'm just like, oh, that scene that you've just done, <laughs> this is now taking me out of this experience where I'm just going like. They don't know where they're supposed to be in the scene. They can't react. They're they're chopping up the dialogue. It all seems very stagey and all this other stuff. Sort of takes me out of it, unfortunately. And I feel that that scene of the girls having lunch in that sort of that area is, is very much of that. Where I think the violence of it and that thing about the the paranoia is great. The idea there, but the performances are so sort of uh, poor in some cases that it just doesn't work but others do so overall i see i could sit through this film again and i could enjoy it and go yeah it's good fun it's fine um however these people that keep claiming like (laughs) i say like this is a sort of a cinema classic this is cinema and i'm going like yeah i feel this like this with reservoir dogs and this is probably a thing like i've watched reservoir dogs a number of times and i go it's good i get what it's doing i it's clearly not tarantino's best film it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a statement of you know intent more than anything, um. But then people go, no, it's this is cinema. And I'm going like, no, it's not. It's a low budget indie film that's a bit mean. And I sort of feel about this. That's what I sometimes feel about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. But I mean, I would agree with you about Reservoir Dogs and not about this. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I find myself more. Maybe I'm more forgiving because it's Japanese. Mm. Um, that that part's fine. And again, I think, and I get. But sometimes I, I think there's a part of me I need to put on myself. I honestly do think, if maybe I'd experienced the manga or the novel, or I had 
some additional knowledge. You know what I'm like? I like to look at things in the context of where they were being made. and I don't have that knowledge. So I think I do feel like I'm missing out a chunk of the reasoning that I, I, I agree with the universality of the, um, the high school experience and how shitty that could really be. And so I appreciate that. And I will say having a daughter that's going to be going into secondary school in a couple of years, like, Oh, it plays on my mind a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, or am I? Huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> homeschooling. It is. Um, <laughs> um, well, you know, they still got the internet. Yes, true. Yeah, it's so, a terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, right. Uh, it I is, mean, and this film does bring it home. That thing of sort of like you know, and uh, uh, and we say about me too, and I know very much this whole thing of like you know, boys should not be raised to think that sort of you know they have a right to. Um, women or girls, and it shows in this film. There's several instances where a boy will be like, you know, I love you, and it's almost like a grand statement. Or he turns up with a crossbow and he's like, no, you're mine. And that, you know, I don't want to say boys will be boys, and not in a positive way, because having been a teenage boy, I also know <laughs> that like we're an ob- obnoxious bunch of little hormone-driven monsters. Um. And so that whole thing does play out and does play out really well. But I just, I don't know. I just think if this had been, this feels, if this was a bit more polished mm. and maybe if they sort of had a couple of scenes where they were like, right, can we just take that again? But less arm movement and less sort of like, you know, theatre dramatics, amateur dramatics would be good. But um, it's fine. It's not terrible by any stretch, but I, I just, I wasn't taken in by it as much as I thought I would be having remembered it. Um, I also wanted to sort of finalize the point. I also I didn't watch it, but I checked out the trailer and some other bits for the sequel, mm, mm-hmm. and that's got a very different feel to it. Yeah, I've seen it and I don't remember it. And I'd love to cover it sometime. Mm, it, I think it's one for us. I do think it's one for us to go because it's such a a different feel. I was a bit like, oh, this is a very different, um, a very different approach. So I'd be interested to see how it stands up next to it. Well, maybe we'll do it on Patreon. Mm, that's what we should do. Any okay. other final thoughts? Um, no, I mean, I, I guess the only thing that I sort of finding myself thinking is how so many of the things that I love the most are things that have these ups and downs, mm. that have sort of edges that, um, you know, are maybe 10 degrees off of you know, a 10 out of 10. And yeah. I don't think anything's a 10 out of 10. But, you know, these things that I really, really love are sort of like 10 degrees off. I acknowledge that they're off, um, th- that they're not consistent in certain ways. Um, but, you know, in the same way, like, I can forgive parts of Valerian that you and most <laughs> people can't because, like, you know, those highs are just like, oh, no, this is a masterpiece. I love this stuff. Um you know, it's just uh, interesting to me how our brains function as critics and receptors for art. Yeah, I I do think a big part of it, and I acknowledge it is my own hang-up, is that I've been spoiled on Western narratives and Western tropes, where I go into many of these things. Again, having watched The Hunger Games and going, Katniss, she's the main protagonist. I know she's not going to die, but I get to follow her story. Do you know what I mean? That like you have that. And in, in, in I think it's the same with like the condemned. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, he's the star. I'm going to follow him. 
it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like I think I've been, and I think that's a Western trope. So sometimes um, I like the. I like the randomness in other films, and mm. I think we'll see it in, in some that we've got coming up. And sometimes it doesn't work for me, so I think that's partly on me. And I accept if that. I, if I could say real briefly, like I have the exact opposite reaction, and when I see like, okay, that's the famous actor or actress, and then I'm like, right, they just jumped off a building, they're dead. This movie is a pile of crap, and I <laughs> hate it. Nothing it can ever do could possibly redeem that in my eyes because. I knew from the beginning this person was not under any threat and they still were like ambushed by somebody with machine gun and they survived while other people didn't. And I'm just like, right, you survived because you're on the marquee. Uh, you know, there's nothing about that performance, even if that is a better performance by a better actor that convinces me that that's why they would survive. Um, and to me, it's just like, I feel the hands of God, you know, like the mm. writer and the director playing with this universe to make this character survive and i just that just instantly takes me out of the narrative and i will never be able to take that movie serious so our between season uh, uh bonus series is going to be the hunger games <laughs> with a, or, and a jennifer lawrence special <laughs> secret i've never seen any of them oh really never I, i'm not going to suggest you do go see them that i watched them and I was, I'm sort of glad I did. And just as a side piece, like I, I like, they are darker than I remembered, and and they do explore themes that I like. However, there are they are massively flawed uh, in places. They're good fun, but massively flawed. There you go. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, there we have it. Um, that is our battle royale. I think we were doing a battle royale with cheese if we're going to keep the Tarantino <laughs> comparisons. Um, but yes, we will be moving on from this. We're going back to Western cinema and a bit of a mishmash of British and American. Next, we are going to be covering Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the movie version. Um, but we're not going to be doing that alone. There is much to do. We have been talking and we might do it. We'll have to see. We will let you know because obviously. That wasn't the first adaptation of the Douglas Adams story. Um, there was the the BBC TV adaptation that came out in the eighties, and 1981. so nineteen eighty one, the year I was born. There you go. Wow. Um, and so yes, we will be. We, you're Julie, you're not a high school kid now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't you're feel it. A, you're just a wee one compared to me. Yeah, I, my knees do not feel it. I guarantee you. <laughs> um. But you and I have been discussing this potential of doing some of these side pieces on Patreon. Um, as you said, Battle Royale 2 might be worth just doing as an hour-long episode. And the same Absolutely. for uh, the original the adaptation, BBC. the BBC Which version. Which we both love. We both yeah, kind I do. Of, yeah. To preempt it, I do really enjoy and I've watched it several times, that BBC version. It's very good. But do we love the 2005, I believe? 2005 mm. uh, adaptation with Martin Freeman. Uh, we shall see what we think of. So if you do like what we do, please leave a review. It greatly helps us get up those ranks, gets people more people to see us. I think it's important, and we, but we appreciate all feedback. And if you really like what we do and you do like the idea of us doing our little side pieces, let us know and check out our Patreon because it helps keep the lights on. At uh, oh, It stops our... 20th Million. Century Geek Plaza. Um, yeah, 20th Century Towers. It's taken Tower, over from so, Nagatomi, yeah. um, and it's been yeah. renamed. 
That's right. Yes, and it keeps our alien overlords at, at bay, <laughs> and keeps us in keeps us in uh, uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, but yes, please go check out our Patreon. That's really Alice Tiller and Lem's plan for the species, you know. Yes, it is. Yeah, both both. <laughs> what you don't realize is that both Julie and I are in training, um, and uh, we are ready for uh, the Hunger Games, um, wherever they shall be held. So yes, anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, for all your support and all your engagement and hope you've enjoyed this episode and we shall see you on the next episode. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams.